Hello and welcome to episode 130 of the Adoption and Fostering podcast with me, Scott Casson-Rennie, him, Al Coates, her, Paula Coates, and him, Tristan Casson-Rennie. Hello. Here we go again. Here we go again. Here yeah. we go again. What could possibly go wrong? Again. Nothing. Again. Absolutely nothing. All no, good. It's lovely to have you here, Paula. Thank you. Is it a long time since I've been here? Was it last year, last Christmas? It was, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, they yeah. keep us locked away for a year. Mm. <laughs> for good reasons. <laughs> well, probably some more, I think, but never mind. Well, you, you were the sixth most popular episode last year as well. I just wanted to make that clear to you as well. Mm, there you not, go. not quite top five. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but you, you hit on a nerve. You, you spoke, you, you, the topic we spoke on was relationships and we all, we all, we air, I think we aired our foibles within our own relationships as the result of caring for interesting children and um, so this year we thought rather than rehash that we could maybe do something different is there anything you two would like to talk about anything you'd like any dirty water you'd like to get off your chest yeah it's plenty of that <laughs> i'm not sure if it's suitable for podcast <laughs> fair enough fair enough is it, is it paula <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that, well that, that put that one away then didn't it so yeah. what, what, what should we talk about then al if they've not got anything interesting to say come on well that's fine i mean i've always got i've got topics coming out of the wazoo so i th- was really interested to kind of talk about therapy because i think that it's something that a lot of adoptive parents it's like this shiny castle on a hill that adoptive parents are striving towards like if i can get my children uh, into a good therapeutic intervention then we're going to be able to kind of maybe fix all of some of this behavior or these some of these emotional challenges or mental health or yada 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 and um, so i just wanted to get your reflections and experience on sort of accessing support the challenges of accessing support also the actually what benefit support has been like that therapeutic intervention therapy i mean yeah so Tris, before we started, I, I mentioned the subject, and you, you kind of, off the top of your head, you just reeled off a list of different interventions. So go on then. Um, you start. Well, we um, uh, have done a number of interventions which have included DDP, which is Dyadic Developmental Psychotherapy. Um, if, if you haven't heard of that, DDP is kind of the buzzword. Um, we've also engaged in art therapy, um, and oh. we've... Um, play therapy as well so um, they're kind of the three that we've uh, had the most experience of um, there are there have been others but uh, I suppose the, the, the first thing to kind of say is that uh, I, I go into these thinking okay what's going to happen you know and, and how are we going to get on and what the outcomes are likely to be and it usually ends up with me um coming home and talking to Scott and saying, oh, we need to try this at home, or we need to try that at home, and perhaps if we adjust our parenting style a little bit here or there, things might work a little bit differently for us. So whilst the focus has always been around um, asking for help uh, for uh, child number one, two, or three uh, with particular therapies, um, it always ends up that that one or both of, of Scott and I will try to pick over it when we get back from the session um, and see what we can do differently. So the therapy really does work for us too. We probably wouldn't admit that going into it, but with hindsight, you know, it, it really has helped all of us. Hmm. I mean, is that what you've gone looking for? I mean, like you've gone looking for something for your children um, and not even thinking that you were on the agenda. Is that is that maybe how you yeah, start? Very much so, because uh, you know usually therapies come about because you hit that um, that dead end of oh my god, what do I need to do now? Because I just don't know what to do next. Um, pick up the phone, talk to social worker. They talk about a therapy that you've never heard of and don't even know what it means, and then you go yes, 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 because you know that's being offered. And let's face it, when something's being offered, you you grab it with both hands if there's an opportunity for it to make life better. Um, and then, of course, the appointment comes through and we have this tussle of, are you going or am I going or who's going or, who, you know, should we both go or are we allowed to go? So we, we go through that a bit. 
Um, and usually, I will say that um, the um, the result is is based around how near the closest coffee shop is to who's got to sit out of the session, as to who goes in the session. Um, and then we kind of get home and unpick it um, together. So we, we would either go independently um, and, and then we'd come home and talk about it. And certainly with DDP, we had to go as a, a family quite yeah. often. So that was always an interesting car journey on the way home because it gave us that non-eye contact time to talk about stuff after the therapy session. Yeah. And again, DDP works in such a way that often a lot of the time is spent where the child is with the therapist and we would be sitting in the waiting room. Um, and then we would be brought together to talk as a group. Um, and so when you've got sort of 20, 25 minutes of downtime as a couple sitting in a waiting room, you, you do tend to sit and talk and wonder what the conversation is going on behind the room or in the room that you're not in. Um, so um, I think, you know, that, that some of the therapies that we've attended have been really, really positive. And some I've come away from thinking, well, I'm not sure what progress was made there. And, you know, what, what do we do next? Hmm. I was thinking about how, because you probably, Paula, you've, you've done most of that kind of sitting in waiting rooms, haven't you, for us? So how, about how many years back have we been going to therapy? It must be, what, 10 years? Well, I think we went, we started off going to a lot of kind of training things, you know, like uh, Dan Hughes and yeah. spent a lot of time and a lot of money on books and looking at thera therapeutic stuff for the kids. Um, it, it did always help us along the way, but I think for me, one of the the real times where I kind of, the light went on for me was when I decided to do a um, child psychotherapy course. It was a three-year course and at the end of it to come out as a psychotherapist but actually i didn't want to be a psychotherapist i just wanted to do this course to learn about my own children and about myself and it was absolutely incredible for me because i just found that the psychotherapy side of things you had to take part yourself and um you know you had to do the play therapy you had to learn you know the art therapy all of the different things but also had to see a therapist to be able to be a child psychotherapist and so sitting with a therapist is something very new to me i'd never done it before but i would say I've, i'm very much a different person now well i am to what i was before i started that therapy it was you know it was a couple of years of it um as well as as going into a course and i and I, there was so many things i would kind of come out of the weekend or come out of the room with the therapist and just literally feel as if I'd left something of me behind, you know, an, an old me. And so it was really helpful for me to kind of understand the, my own triggers of my past and how I was kind of, how I was with the kids and my reaction to stuff and sometimes maybe an overreaction which was coming from my past. And it just, I saw the world with different eyes and I think for me, I just really saw that actually as, a, as adoptive parents, probably one of the most important things that should be done before four people as adopt is to actually have some psychotherapy, some as a couple or as individuals, because it definitely changes the way that you that you kind of operate yourself. Um, I mean, I still now, you know, even though that was years ago, I still now kind of have to think, Rachel, my therapist, I think, what would she say to me right now in this situation? And it really helps because you can kind of separate yourself from that. So just in light of bringing up the adoptive children, we have got one therapist in our lives at the moment and she's kind of helping us with one particular child and she's been incredible. Um, what type of therapy is that? Psychotherapy. Right, I... I kind of lost track because I think that we often we've had so many different we've had DDP um, mm -hmm. we've had well, have we done any play therapy? No, I think psychotherapy is pretty different because psychotherapy is looking at, is looking at you personally and um, you know looking at the individual. So when I've when we're talking to this particular therapist at this point, um, she's been able to really let us kind of know what is going on in us and what's going on in the child as well and it's making you kind of think i would never see it like that from the child's 
perspective actually yes and you enough i think we've kind of gone in a few times think being absolutely like weighed down with oh my goodness it's the end everything's fallen apart this is really awful and we've come out just with a weight lifted off our shoulders and it's not she's just kind of being able to explain where the child is at at this point but also very much worried about al and i who are not looking after ourselves well enough um she sees that we are kind of heading again to kind of this breakdown situation where we're becoming quite unwell and she just you know she's just really helped us to kind of say right well this is what it is and this that we can't actually fix anything that because i'm a fixer can't fix it but you know how we operate in that situation and so that has been really really helpful so i find myself always going back to kind of psychotherapy and i do find that i get a lot of help out of that mm. yeah it's certainly been helpful for us i mean have you guys had that sort of experience where you kind of what they're saying about your children is helpful but actually it's just someone shining a light into your thinking and feeling I think by the time you get to therapy, so there's, well, certainly and historically, there's been this, uh, to access therapy, you've had to be in the crisis. And I know that like a lot of agencies are now trying to avoid that. So they're trying to say, come forward first. And, you know, if I look at the differences between adopting the first time and adopting the second time, the first time, therapy wasn't even something that was explained to you that it was going to be an ongoing thing. And, you know, it, you know, I remember we had a, a lady from CAMS who was absolutely lovely, wasn't she? And she would meet with us once a month um, for the first, I don't know, 12, 12 months. Um, and then all of a sudden she says, right, I'm, I'm moving to Australia now. So um, I don't know who's going to pick you up, but, you know, <laughs> someone will at some point. And nobody ever did. Um, but we weren't sure what she was there for. I don't, I don't think we really had to, I think we were a little bit naive and we didn't really think, well, you know, what is this for? What is it about? Every time we, we went to see her, we expected her to ask to see the children and she never wanted to see the children. She always wanted to see us. Mm. And we would go in there feeling like a sack of spuds and come out feeling a million dollars. Yeah. And that feeling would stay with us for a couple of weeks. And, you know, then there'd be a couple of weeks where we'd be worn down again and then we'd go back and see her again. And I think... Um, the, probably the best thing, the best advice she ever gave us was uh, we were in exactly the same boat as every other parent that she got to see. Um, and, the, you know, although we felt isolated and alone and unique in our experiences, um, we shouldn't do because none of those were um, ours or, or our doing. They, they were um a common thread with with many adopters um and i mm. suppose as new adopters we felt very much under the microscope and that we were being judged all the time and that you know um we we tried our best to to get everything right and not make mistakes um and this particular um lady was 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 really uh, our support because we weren't getting that support from anywhere else you know lots of people were throwing judgments but this particular lady in cams was saying guys it's going well you, you, you're doing everything mm. right and what you've explained to me is this this and this and this is what it means um and perhaps she would explain to us what it meant and we mm. didn't really have a clue before we spoke to her you know some of the behaviors she started to unpick and say well you know that's what they mean by this particular behavior so have you thought about how you can um approach that next time so she did lots of exploratory work with us and that was really good mm. um and you know i mean it isn't about um us wanting to feel good about ourselves but it is about us wanting to understand that we were parenting um the best we could and we yeah. just occasionally needed somebody to say, actually, it's it's going the right way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, th I think you're right. I think that um, Paula, Paula said earlier that um, parents, prospective parents, um, don't get enough of this support in a proactive way. Mm. It's always very reactive. And like Scott said there, it's usually after a crisis. Mm. And I really think it needs to be upended so that some of the experiences that we now have as um, adopters of old, for want of a best word, <laughs> can be shared with new adopters in a more constructive way mm. um, so that they don't feel that isolation. Because I know genuinely they will feel that isolation. Yeah. 
And also, if you if, if you speak to our older two now, um, they would totally be against any form of talking about anything, of any therapy, of any counselling, anything like that. Whereas you talk to, talk to Jacob, when do I go? What's, mm. What times does it mean? Uh, when yeah. do I need to be there? Um, what time are you picking me up from school? Um, right, fabulous, you know, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And, and that's the difference be- mm-hmm. between the two kind of timeframes because, yeah. you know, 15, 16 years ago, um, I don't think anybody realised least alone social workers and stuff maybe they did maybe it was just a new thing maybe we were just on the cusp I don't know but you know back then it wasn't something that was going to be forever whereas now it's very much so you know I mean the SF you know um, adoption sorry post-adoption teams etc etc they're all kind of very into now explaining through prep and stuff well the majority of them are we assume um having not been on a prep course for many years um that you know it is they're telling people that you know this is this is a lifestyle and it's very much you know long term it's not just you know a couple of years thing you are potentially going to need therapy whether it be now or 10 years time and that's the difference so I think when we first took that kind of step into, I remember the first time we took one of our oldest two to camps and the therapist said, so how many sessions do you think you need? This is to our son. And he went, well, just this one. <laughs> and, the, and the therapist just went, oh, right. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it. There was no, there was no challenge. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, I, he didn't really see it as an ongoing thing, which is why I'm saying, you know, I, I think people thought differently back then. I think they just saw, well, unless you engage, you can't do it. Which to a point is true. You know, if, we, if we, raised, we raised the question at the end of that <laughs> session said, when's the next appointment? And the therapist said, well, he said he only wanted this one. So that's all we're going to give him. Hmm. Um, we don't need to see him again. Um, and that was a real lost opportunity because we took that as verbatim. We didn't hmm. know yeah. that we yeah. could have, ambient him really yeah. strongly then and said actually we think he needs um, a couple of hundred sessions over the next 10 years um and actually you know not not going into finer personal details but there was a crisis point where actually he was saying i need to see somebody mm. and that service was no longer available to him and, mm. and that was a terrible time yeah um but but again as a as a perspective as a new adopter um we just didn't know the system well enough yeah. Yeah. as a secondary adopter. So when we adopted again, uh, we were fully aware of the system. Um, we had therapy, therapeutic support written into the post-adoption support plan. Um, and certainly day one of arrival into Ireland, I was banging on the door at CAMS and saying, we need to register, we need support, and we need a monthly meeting with a psychiatrist and that is the support you know we were welcomed with open arms and that was the support that we received in in ireland and we continue to receive today now the beauty of the service in ireland that we experience is that um we, we can email her we can ring her uh, we can talk to her immediately we don't need to book in an appointment for three weeks time for the next slot and if we do have a crisis then we can pretty much get into that diary in the next couple of days um now that's a luxury because we live on the west coast where there's not very many people living um but the part of me says that actually if that is available here um then it should be available everywhere you know i think um yeah, I mean, I think the one uh, to blow Paula's trumpet is that um, once our uh, third and fourth children, fourth and fifth, oh, it doesn't matter, um, <laughs> some of them, um, some of the children, um, once they accessed the services, that I think you've worked really hard to keep that door open. Um, and it's kind of just this, this silver thread that's gone all the way through there since they moved in in, what, 2008? 2009 and even when when it's there was times like you say when it was really apparent it was it was really needed um we could then access it but then it we just managed to keep the thread alive so we didn't have to go back through the referral process mm-hmm. um yeah. and that was just a lifesaver because I, I mean i had a friend and you, i won't say who it is but you'll know them um you know that one of their children attempted suicide it was it was a it was a legitimate threat so this is a 14 year old attempting suicide and at cams they made an emergency referral to cams and it was an eight-week wait, and that's mm, a child yeah. trying a child, like genuinely trying to kill themselves with a serious yeah. attempt. Eight weeks, 
that ship has sailed. Um, and so you just, I mean, again, it's a postcode lottery, isn't it? You see, you know, you, the service you get in Ireland is obviously, it's a different system altogether, but I think you've done fantastically well to keep that door open. You've, and you've built up good relationships, haven't you, well, as well? Yeah, I mean, I do, because I, I like therapy for myself. I, I, you know, if I had the money, I would be in therapy myself. You know, I had a fantastic therapist a, a year, just before lockdown, actually, and it was going really well. And I wish I had the money to kind of carry it on. But I, I have, there is kind of therapists that are involved in some of our children's lives. And, and it's, kind, it's, it's kind of family therapy because it's come through the adoption support. So, you know, they are happy to support us in that. And, you know, I kind of push it. You know, Al doesn't see them. <laughs> he's, you know, the offer's there, but, you know, he's busy and... Avoidant, busy um, <laughs> and avoidant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and talk about these feelings. You must be joking. But, <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, the thing is, because we're so different, you know, because I welcome hearing about myself. You know, I will welcome kind of anybody challenging me on my kind of behaviours and what I've said, what I've done wrong or, or, you know, but but he is a very different person to me. I'm very open, I wear my heart on my sleeve whereas Al's very good at being a little shed, keeping the door shut. A podcast shed. <laughs> in his little tree house there and you know, some days you're allowed in and other days you aren't. And so uh, you know, and, and it's just it's, that, that's not a criticism, that's that's how I learned to be as a child. Uh, whereas I was very open because I was very lonely and I just needed to speak to people. So it's all go. coming out here, isn't it? <laughs> but, I mean, that's, that's, you've asked me to do it, and that's okay, sort yeah, of that's, that's that's the sort of person I am. You know, you've got to don't invite me on the podcast if you don't want to hear what. Well, I don't think we are too different in that respect because I think that, and, and we have, as a four, we spent a little bit of time together over the years, haven't we? And I think there's, even as our parenting styles as couples are different as well. You know, I'm very much kind of more relaxed um, and tend not to kind of. Um, overreact no I don't mean overreact yeah I do mean overreact sorry uh, um, I, I'll, I'll just say it um, in terms of some of the behaviours and stuff and I tend to kind of have a minute just to chill before I kind of then acknowledge it or something like that um, and I, I don't think either of us have ever had kind of any therapy ourselves through the process you you did but that was for something else but it crossed over didn't it because yeah. it was at the same time when we when we adopted the first time and you had some counselling for some stuff that you went through at work but yeah. I think both of us neither of us sorry have have ever had kind of counselling or therapy to do with the stuff that we've you know we've parented if that makes sense however when we sit after a, a session or something like that I always I mean I don't know about you guys um if you're in this position but i always feel knackered at the end of a therapy session so if i'm feeling knackered as a 40 year old sorry 40 odd year old 40 plus year old um <laughs> adult um who I think you're in the middle so. shut up uh, <laughs> um then 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 say what 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 must a child be you know they must be absolutely shattered as well you know going through all that because you know we, we've only we've no experienced it we've only listened to it um and and sometimes i do wonder you know would it be a thing would it should it be a thing that you know parents are kind of helped through that kind of minefield of therapy and counseling by having some themselves actually you know Definitely. it might just be a, a session once a year or something like that but just an opportunity to get stuff off your chest and just say you know this is how how i think i failed this year but these are the things that i i'm celebrating this year and this is how it's affected my relationship or you know da, 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 all this sort of stuff you know it's it's i don't know i don't know if it's a no, thing i think that for me sort of the stuff that I do around challenging violent behaviour and the support I give to parents is there's this really difficult balance you always come to whereas you don't you, you know you don't you say as a parent you're not to blame for this behaviour however if you parent differently you may have a strong influence over this behaviour that, and that's mm -hmm. a really for any to say that to anyone you've got to feel trusted you've got you know and, and I've had those conversations and you You've got to build up a level of trust and it's a therapeutic relationship where you can then say to people your buttons are being pressed here in a massive way yeah. we need to we don't need to just like kind of 
smooth the buttons over. We need to get in there and dig this button out because this this little tiny thing is going to unravel the whole damn family. Yeah. And that's not to blame parents in any way whatsoever, but that's the, just the, the barefaced realities. You know, you thought you were fine till you had kids. <laughs> Life was tickety-boo. And then you discovered all of these really interesting foibles that relate to perhaps to your, how you were parented, how you anticipated being a, what sort of parent you wanted to be. And that's mm. really hard. I mean, the last session we went to, um, which was a couple of weeks ago, and I was spitting feathers. You know, we'd had a right old hoo-ha with one of, the, one of the, my little darlings. And um, I was like, I was literally spitting fire. And um, and I thought, I don't want to go to this therapist because I know what she's going to say. I know, what, you know, I, I kind of, my my academic, all the stuff I've read, I know what she's going to say. And it's exactly what she said, but I felt so much better <laughs> yeah. having someone else look in and go, yeah, your thinking's right. Or you maybe need to change it a bit or... Maybe need to change a lot. <laughs> so, but do you think? Do you think from 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 what we've said so far, the, the thing that's screaming out in my head is this: um, when we are new to adopters, uh, new to adoption, uh, one of the, one of the, the the things that they the, the system kind of engineers is the framing of these things called parenting courses, and we all say, I don't know why they need to send me on a parenting course. I'm a, I'm a good parent. I'm going to be a great parent. And it's yeah. it's all about the framing of this word parenting course. You have a problem with your child, they send you on a parenting course. Mm. You don't want to hear that. No. You know, the local authorities need to reframe these courses. They, 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 they are significantly better than a parenting course. But being the people that we are, we don't want to be told how to parent. Yeah. And often, uh, we... Uh, we don't feel we're parenting incorrectly. We need somebody to shine a light on what's going on, the bigger picture, so that we can adjust our parenting style. doesn't mean we're making mistakes. Yes. It just means there's a different way to do what we want to do. Mm. Yeah. And I think I think that's where the, the big objection comes in the early days of adoption placements, is that people feel judged under the spotlight. They don't want to be wrong, and they don't want people meddling. They've had a gut full of social workers, and they, they, they just don't want any more. So, mm. you know, when, when the system then says, okay you've got a problem in the family we need to help you with that here's a parenting course guys mm. but i think people don't want to me, talking about parenting courses it just brings back memories to me years ago and that was you know right <clears throat> i wasn't told to go on a parenting course i kind of invited myself on them because i was desperate to learn but <laughs> these parenting courses are never written for, about adoptive parents about adopted children i always found they were written for birth families so even though you know you were in an adoption setup with that, I, I would kind of challenge them all the time. And I said, this is different. We're parenting differently. You know, these people have birth children and this is designed for them, but this is different. And it was almost like social workers just had this niche where, right, chuck the problem ones in there, you know, go and do your parenting course. Yeah. And we're so hungry to learn whatever we can because we feel like we're failing with these kids. You go in it and you think, this is not relevant. You know, you know, uh, tell your child to do this, sit on the stairs for whatever. You know, oh, my child, yeah. my child would rather you know bite my arm off than sit on the stairs for a minute and all of that. You know, but it's really, really difficult because a lot of the things in place aren't set up for the kids that we parent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think as well that any any course that you go on that is sort of manualised in the sense that it's like if X happens, do why if yeah. happens do b and that just is rubbish it's because it, it actually compounds you how you feel about yourself because you sit like you're saying about the step sit them you know if they're seven sit them on the step for seven minutes and yeah. actually, we're missing the point altogether and so it, it needs to be much more you need to be getting spanners onto people and finding out what's making them tick whether they're reactive mm. or passive or permissive parents and all of that stuff that i think is just Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how we got well, here from therapy, but this is... It's no, no, but, well, I, I, it's all related. And I think um, if you think back to, you know, when we adopted anyway, 2007, 2008, you know, um, uh, Super Nanny was a big thing. <laughs> so it was, all, it was all naughty steps. It was all, you know, all this sort of stuff. All the things now, I look back on them and go and do FaceTime and think, what the hell? You know, and, and, and in fairness to Joe Frost, who is Super Nanny, you know, she has come forward since and said, you know, this does not fit with every style of parenting. I remember <laughs> seeing her with an ADHD child. It was one of the last 
program she did on Super Nanny, she yeah. failed. She failed every step of the way on that program. And I remember yeah. thinking, all right, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you felt validated. <laughs> Sorry if she's listening. <laughs> she, did her, she did her best. No, she won't. She won't. She definitely doesn't listen to this rubbish. Uh, so <laughs> How rude. But, uh, again, back to your, your point about therapy. Um, I have to say that probably the best therapy that we've experienced, uh, as in our childhood, our, one of our children's experience, that we've had the most results from has been play therapy. And that has been a... Um, it's been a mystery, a complete mystery to me. I just sat in the waiting room in the hospital where the appointment was, or um, I went up to have a cup of tea. And then my, my child was delivered back to me after sort of 45 minutes, um, happy and bouncy and, you know, full of the joys of spring. And um, I never really understood what went on um, mm. in the room because it was um, a, a private kind of therapy. Um, but I know, you know, from the, 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 the 10 sessions that, that we did, um, I know it made a huge difference. Um, yeah, massive difference, actually. But, you know, if, if somebody said to me, well, tell me about play therapy, I wouldn't have the first idea. All I could tell you is that the coffee in the hospital tasted lovely <laughs> because I wasn't I wasn't in on it. Um, and, and occasionally there were snippets like, you know, oh, it wasn't fair today. I didn't get to build a sandcastle in the sandpit. You know, that's about as much as I would hear. Yeah. And um, then we'd contact the therapist and say, well, he's saying something along these lines. And she'd say, well, yes, because I'm trying to teach him that he doesn't always get to do what he wants to do <laughs> for this reason that reason the next reason um, and it was actually um, uh, it was therapeutic life story work it wasn't yeah. just um, so it was through play it was, but it was therapeutic um, and it was actually um, uh, one of Katie Wrench's um, little Oppo's friends yeah um, so little friends that's, that sounds really <laughs> little friends yeah but, um, but what's interesting about that is that, that, that those kind of those therapists actually are um, kind of they're niche therapists but if you can get them then they're blimmin amazing you know and and, and you know yes you're right um, d- Jacob we used to come out of them I know you're trying not to say his name but we say names all the time well I say names all the time but um, Jacob came out of there completely different and that 10 sessions was just before we moved to Ireland and the difference in him has been quite intense for us in terms of filling in whatever it, whatever it was that it filled in for. It was life-changing and we were very lucky that um, mm. we were able to get funding through the Adoption Support Fund um, and it was sponsored by a local authority. They were really keen to, to, to do the work um, and it, it came about really, really quickly and, you know, that, that was fantastic and I, I would just say to anybody who... Um, want, who is thinking about play therapy or art therapy um, just just keep banging your head against that brick wall until you make some progress with your local authority I would disagree with you totally would you? why? well I, I think you, you, you I think that's the danger of the, any therapeutic intervention is that because it works for one person it doesn't mean that model will work for another I think you've got to have a, a fantastic that it worked and, and so i often think that the actual the the therapy model itself is important but not as important as the worker and i also think i should, I should clarify al um what, what i meant was if if you've got art therapy in your sites and you are struggling to get the funding keep on at them to get right. the funding um i agree it's horses for courses so there's equine therapy. That's not available in the SF. If, 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 the, if the therapy is right, if the therapy is right for your child and you are struggling to get the, fu- the funding, don't give up. You yeah. absolutely have to just keep at it. And sometimes the application process is so demoralizing. We do put it to one side, forget about it, step away. And I think, you know, um, it's easy to, to do that because life takes over but i, I mm. just would urge anybody you know if, if you're on that pathway you've just got to keep on that bit i think i think really what we're saying is i mean like art therapy play therapy you know one size doesn't fit all so like the likes of jacob you know like you said i can imagine 
kind of anything like art therapy, play therapy, because he is like that. Do you know what it's I mean? Very that creative, is, isn't it? I think yeah. the type of therapy that our the, the psychotherapy that we've engaged in, our kids have engaged in, wouldn't be any good because you're sitting on a sofa and yeah. you're just chatting. For Jacob, you'd be leaping around. You know, it, it wouldn't be enough for him. So that you know, yeah. we have therapy is kind of this long thing where there's lots of different types now me i absolutely for me of all the therapy I ever did and engaged in psych psycho psychology all of that the psychotherapy to me was for me really worked and it's really working for my kids mm. um you know because i think that if we put our children into uh, like the art therapy or, or play therapy, I don't think they would respond to that because it's just yeah. not their thing. I think they'd be a bit embarrassed, a bit like, uh, um, yeah. maybe our youngest child would, I don't know yet. But definitely it's, I would just say to anybody, you know, look what's right for you and mm. what's right for your child um, because that's, you know, that that's what's really, really important. I think we, we all need therapy. I think everybody, yeah. ev and, and sadly in this country, therapy is looked at as, as being a bit of shameful and a bit like, oh, you've got problems then. Whereas America, you know, it's like everybody's got a therapist. Yeah, it's and, I think mill, that, isn't it? and I do think that we, to have a therapist, because the therapist is on your side, you know, you go in that room and that therapist is there for you. And so you can kind of discuss how you feel and everything like that. So if you do feel held and cared for, this is my experience anyway, but also just enabling you to kind of look at your own patterns and things like that. And I mean, it's just, you know, something that happened a while ago, a little while ago for me was I was called a certain name and it was horrible. By one of the children. By one of my children. Yeah. And it came and one of my other children used to use that word um, a lot towards me. And I just felt the pain of it really going and I just felt absolutely crushed but in talking to the therapist she turned around and she says that name that you've been called is what that child feels they are and right. because they feel mm -hmm. that they're throwing that on you that has, that just lifted it was a revelation and so mm -hmm. when the words come this time it just hasn't knocked me at all, you know, because I, I've, I've had compassion thinking, actually, right now, you feel yeah. you're a... But actually, you know, and you, the way of you coping with that is to call me it. Mm. So I can, I can hold that now. I can actually hold that for you. You know, without that little visit that day and not, not being said to me, I'd, I'd, I'd have been in an argument all of the time about mm. this particular word. So therapy for me is life changing. I think that's re that is a really interesting point because we sort of we sort of hinted that we, we're going back into the past and delving into our childhoods and all of that stuff. But if I can be honest, for the reality of a lot of adoptive parents and parents of children with additional needs, children who've experienced uh, trauma, is that we we experience levels of trauma ourselves, don't we? You know, that's we can be frank that living with children who are violent and aggressive or aggressive or with challenging behaviour. It, the kids are shoveling baggage into us so we need you know it's not that we're going back to when i was a child and you know, what were you breastfed it's kind of literally three weeks ago this thing happened to me and someone therapeutically can help you get through it so you can continue to be the best parent you can be given those circumstances um you know i think that's probably sort of uh, and it's kind of a bit of a taboo, isn't it, really? Because we don't want to talk about the fact that sometimes our children are, are piling trauma into us. I think as well, what you know, that particular word, obviously our older adoptive, adopted children are much older and they were living and kind of realising the trauma that we were in and obviously there's ones some living in the house with us so they see it. But I was able to then come and share that with them and it was like a revelation with them as well, you know, like this particular word that because they're all like Whew, you know how dare that child call you this or whatever mm -hmm. a bit protective but to go back to them and say actually this is what the therapist said and they go oh right and that you, you know in some ways i feel like it takes the angst away from all the, the older brothers and sisters being annoyed because i've had that and actually again them being able to sit and say right okay we can forgive that because that's where it's at and so, you know, that, that particular 
thing was really really important but but this woman at this at right now in our lives has given us a lot of that so there's a, that's just one of the the key things that she said but she's also said to us you know i went in feeling when we two of us went in to see her together i just sat and sobbed and i said i felt like a hopeless mother I felt like i had no authority everything and she just sat and listened and she she then was able to come back and she said you know you've got six adopted children and they're still with you you know they're all still with you she says that's very very unusual she says i work with thousands of thousands of adoptive and foster kids and it is quite unusual that mm -hmm. you've you've still got them with you and that's because of the love that you've given them and that's been like just in my worst moments over the last few weeks I can come back to that and think they're still here. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think everybody could, so that's, that's the thing, isn't it? Because not everybody is getting that, that yeah, support. I, I, yeah, I can, I, yeah, I can appreciate that. That is quite tough yeah. for, for people. But um, yeah. there's obviously a lot of, you, you know... But, but I think that's maybe... If, if, I, if you had to choose, if you could only have one, a therapy for your child, a therapy for the parent, the carer, I would probably go with the carer. Mm-hmm. Because I think that that is sustainable. I mean, you can't, and if a carer is willing to engage in that kind of process, they then can continually just give in to that child and have insight into that child. Whereas you can't, you know, like you say, like your example of the child goes and goes, oh, I don't want to do this. You know, mm. <laughs> you can't, you're not going to, you're not necessarily going to see any results from that, are you? But as an adult going in there, you're probably going to get the most out of that. That will probably will trickle down to the child or should. Yeah. That's interesting because I hadn't thought about it like that. I'm not saying I disagree or agree because obviously for us it's, it's mostly been um, kind of therapies for for the children, isn't it? Um, but I, I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting one because I always feel like we've been therapised. Therapised? Yeah, therapised. Yeah. after they've had a therapy session anyway. Um, and I think you're right. We learn a lot from, from those sessions, whether we're involved or not, you know, because when we come down, uh, you tend to do, you tend to get some form of debrief about what's happened or how it's gone. Maybe not in any great detail because obviously there's certain um, elements of confidentiality with stuff like this, isn't there? But um, it's interesting because I think as, as a couple who have never engaged in therapy for ourselves or for for us as a couple or as parents or as individuals i can't i can't see how maybe this is I, your I, time I, I <laughs> maybe this, this is your time i didn't want to tell you scott but this is an intervention we've we've <laughs> 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 is there someone going to, someone famous going to jump through my door and go right we're dragging you off to therapy now um, but at the same time there's there, there are times where I think maybe we should have maybe we could have you know however um, you know we had a, we had we had a meeting at CAMS a couple of weeks a couple of months ago and we asked to go in our own and it was a really lovely it was a session for us it was a session for us we, we said we've reached a point where we need to see you yeah he doesn't yeah. but we do yeah. and we came oh, out of that absolutely. session you yeah. know, and that session was amazing. Uh, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't get any. She didn't give us any advice or anything like that. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, it, was, it yeah. wasn't really that kind of session. It was just an opportunity for us to say, "This is where we're at, and this is how we feel." And I, I guess it just felt a bit. I, I like to use the word "validated" a lot, but I did feel yeah. kind of validated at the end of it because I think sometimes, that, you, yeah, you need more of do. that. You know, like to get some personal stuff. You know, like we've got with this one now me more because I'm the one that goes but, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm therapized now I'm yeah. very busy um, how convenient but I mean you know I, I, I would say just just get yourself somebody that you can just tap into you know every now and then because it makes such a difference I mean you know we've had kind of over over the hot we've had we've had a really really challenging time over the last few months very challenging time but without her i think i think we would have just been really quite unwell right now yeah but, definitely you know but i think with having her and i mean you know she 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 rang me up a couple of days before christmas and said look i'm finishing for christmas now i'm out in the sticks i'm not at the end of the phone do you need anything from me right now 
and you know and I thought that is amazing you know this is a woman mm. who's probably got thousands of kids to talk to thousands but she checked in because she knew that I was really struggling and what do you need from me and I said I'm, I'm fine and she says just remember you're doing really well and, and she just built me up and it's kind of carried me over this time so I would say for you two and for people listening get booked in you know just get that for yourself it gives perspective i think and for me i mean I, I kind of i knew exactly what she was going to say and i knew what i was going on inside of me but someone to sit there and say it to you yeah. even though i kind of knew it you know there's like there was, there was nothing she said that i didn't know she was going to say um, yeah. and i just came away thinking and she just sort of reset me um and i really needed resetting at mm -hmm. that moment because i was just sort of starting to mm -hmm. really frazzle in about how all of the things that were fl flashing around my head about you know just lots of issues around control and authority those two kind of you know, lots of you know tussling well, you've been you've been controlling an authoritative yeah <laughs> no no the difference between me wanting to kind of control the situation <laughs> and me realizing that i cannot yeah and actually yeah, yeah, i yeah. can maintain authority but yeah i'm flippant boy. yeah silly, silly boy um <laughs> But that stuff is really helpful for someone to go, you're okay? Because it was kind of getting towards the point where I was thinking, is this dangerous? Am I going to have to do something? And she was going, no, you don't. Mm. And actually, to have authority, you need to step back and go. You, you, and all the things that are kind of like, she just reaffirmed what I was thinking. Mm. So it was just fantastic. So um, mm. we can put you in touch if you want, lads. Well, I think it's interesting you say that, Al, because that's how I would feel about going into a session like that. I'd be thinking, well, what are they going to tell me that I don't already know? Yes, yeah. they might say, well, you could have dealt with this a bit differently. I know I could have dealt with that. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not challenging the, 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 the normalness. <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, for me, unless somebody's going to give me a, a little gold star on my lapel and a, a bottle of Prosecco and say, you did well this month. And then, <laughs> you know, yeah, but I guess... I, I, it's, it's all very well hearing it, but it's also how do you then, how does it not happen again? You know, do you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. So yes, it's fine. You know, and don't get me wrong. I'm not dissing it. I'm just genuinely not dissing it. I'm just saying that for me, I just struggle to hear, yes, you did well. This is where you could have done better. Um, but you know, you're fine kind of thing. You're doing well. You're, you're doing it the right way, etc. Because I guess it's still that age-old thing that you want a solution. Mm. You want the you want the magic pill, and and it's never going to be there because you know we've talked about therapy tonight and how therapy for individual children is different. Well, so is that so that little golden pill. You know that's going to be different for each child as well. So it's mm. never going to match. And I think as well where we live, uh, we're getting some great support. But if we went and sat and said we adopted three kids and this is where we're at. I think the reaction would be very different to what it would be in the UK because yeah. the different kind of, culture. yeah, it's a different culture of, of adoption. Um, you know, so I think that would be kind of, that, that, that help would be different for us here, wouldn't it? I think, I think you have to bear in mind that um, a lot of people don't realise that if you, that one of the key things of therapy is you must get on with your therapist. And, a lot, and far too many people are scared to turn around to the therapist and say, actually, I don't feel a connection to you. I need to, I need to, mm. see, to see somebody else. I think a lot of people are, are really, really terrified of saying, no, this isn't working. And, mm. and they'll sit through endless therapies and just not have that, that yeah. connection or, or empathy or understanding. So that, that's got, really yeah. important. You need to, yeah, you, you need to, you need to like your therapist and trust um, them. You've got to trust them. Yeah, you do. You do. You really do. Mm -hmm. And you know, if if you're in a position with a therapist where you don't feel you can be open and honest with them in that forum. Then, then move it on. Go, oh, go find another one. Yeah. We had a psych psychiatrist once, um, and he. Uh, this was probably one of the, one of the oh. most <laughs> difficult experiences. You know, it was a time when there was an awful lot of violence in the house, and um, from our, one of our children. And um, the so we had a new psychotherapist, right? Another new one. Um, and so we were actually with psychiatrists. So he was prescribing something or other. Um, and in there, so there was the three of us and him, and we're all sat chatting. And in the middle of it, he just said. He said, so uh, it, it's all, it was all done really badly. So he's kind of wanting us to explain why things are difficult in front of our child, which is kind of triggering yeah. our child, shaming mm -hmm. our child. So, right, you know, this is not the way to do it, but he's pressing, he's pressing, he's pressing. So in the end, we sort of said, well, sometimes, you know, Paula gets it, mum gets it. And he laughed. So the psychiatrist laughed, like not a, like a, 
whimsical laugh, like a, oh, that's a funny thing to say, isn't it? And he went, so you sometimes crack your mum then, don't you? In a joking way, and I literally, I thought... You went grey. I went ashen. <laughs> I thought, if my daughter wasn't here now, I would I would have your registration, because I and I just didn't know what to do. I was beyond myself, and and I thought, you, you, like, you're dead to me. There's nothing you've yeah. got for me. I don't trust you. You have just made, yeah. made a crap situation worse by validating my daughter's behaviour and yeah. pulling the rug from underneath us. Um, and and, and we've, we've experienced one of those as well with a, a, a cancer practitioner and we stopped the session because I, I, I felt incredibly uncomfortable um, for my child who was there and I stopped the session and said, can my child go play on some of the toys outside because he was really young. And um, so she said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And then when he left the room, I said, what on earth are you doing? You didn't have my permission to go down this road with my child. We didn't talk about this before the session. And you have no right to take the lead in this without discussing it with me first. Because although you're sitting here for half an hour with him, I've got the next two weeks with him to unpick yeah. it all. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're going to do this kind of thing, then then talk to me before the session, see how I I feel how comfortable I can go home and talk to Scott who was at work and then say look we're going to explore this this week um but she just went into it so again I felt I felt confident enough to be able to stop the session because it just wasn't practical yeah, or suitable yeah. at that time for us I think um, it's, it's essential that yeah. sense of agency I think that as well we're so we, we can't just be recipients of what our post adoption service give us we've got to have a critical mind and yeah. you know and read up on stuff you know for example like play therapy you know i think the nice guidelines says on page 16 i don't know why i know that on page 16 of the nice <laughs> guidelines on attachment it says play therapy is not productive for attachment mm. difficulties and so mm. find out don't just because you, your social work has been on a course last week and yeah. he knows that you can get funding mm-hmm. for it go crack yeah. your kid into play therapy just yeah. you know be be a bit <coughs> bullshy in a really in a way that gets what you want, not in a way that just rubs professionals up. But I mean, it's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Like, just as we're on this discussion of therapy, we've got, you've got EMDR, which is kind of one of the new things. And I've heard lots of amazing things about EMDR. And, about, and I've, I have talked to people and seen people in front of my very eyes that have literally said they go in one person and come out another with just one session of this EMDR. Now, I, you know, I went to see somebody with EMDR and it, just didn't really work for me at all and then my daughter went for EMDR and she wouldn't mind me saying this she absolutely engaged in it this therapist was saying right where are you feeling it in your body now and she's feeling it here and then she, and she said it was just gone this stuff and I think I kept thinking well what what's wrong why is this EMDR that seems to be doing amazing things for people not working for me but somebody kind of pointed out when I was younger I didn't feel safe I don't know what it's like to feel safe I didn't feel safe as a child and I don't know what safety feels like and that's why EMDR doesn't work and so but then looking at my my daughter who it absolutely worked 100% was amazing for changed her whole way of thinking Mm. so you know I just think that discussing this Hopefully people out there are thinking, right, okay, maybe some people have engaged in therapy and thought this isn't working for me. Or, you know, I just think that we need to explore what's right for us. There's lots of different types out there. Um, And I just think that, you know, just try and get what's right for you, whether it be play therapy, art therapy, EMDR, Mm -hmm. whatever. But if you're struggling at home with your children and you're really kind of rock bottom, not know what to do, look at yourself and get help for yourself in a therapeutic way because that's really really important because you can only do it you can only carry on doing what you're doing with that support behind you somebody carrying you along Mm. Wonderful. Was that right? Yeah, that was you. Ooh, then you're on, yeah. you're on a roll now. I was going to pick up. I was going to pick up on two things with that, and one was uh, Paula. You assume people listen to this podcast, and um, secondly, <laughs> what is she doing? She she's lost her earpiece. It's like really. Oh. Like, it's like Jodrell Banker, you've got dialogue. Oh, you've got earpieces. 
we're just sitting in the and yeah we're just sitting in the study just kind of you know and the other point was, yeah and the other point was do you want me I, to explain I why we've got earpieces no no you're fine we don't so need to hear your audio doesn't bleed into my microphone <laughs> Oh, right, that's nice. We're only about 100, like 273 episodes in now, and I have really tried to explain this to you on several occasions. Yeah, sorry, your signal is gone because your Wi-Fi is rubbish. Bye. Um, <laughs> what was your second point? My second point was having spoken to the said child, daughter, um, who has received EMDR, actually, in your family, and yeah. the difference... Um, from seeing her before she had it and after it and discussing it with her was absolutely mm-hmm. two different people mm-hmm. absolutely two different people mm-hmm. and and it just goes to show that there is something for everybody you know whether it's EMDR mm-hmm. whether it's CDP whether it's bus model for kind of younger children well mm-hmm. not even younger children you know there's, there, there is something there and it's just but like Al said you know not every size fits all so it's, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess it's finding what fits for you and also that kind of I'm, I'm thinking about adult adoptees now because you know they're kind of sort of um, herded into this kind of arena of well you know this is what's available to you because this is on um, you know um, this agency is Hofstede registered or whatever um, or they're an adoption support agency should I say not Hofstede registered but they're an adoption support agency so they're kind of herded into these potential therapies that actually might not suit them as well so I think it's it's definitely a conversation worth having to, to, mm. to think what might help you rather than being suggested what might help yeah. you because you know yourself better than anybody um, and dare I say us as parents, we watch our children and we, we watch them with with a lot of love, but also with that kind of step back to say, actually, I wonder if that might help or this might help or the, the next thing might help. And, you know, Paula, you, you've just hit, hit the nail on the head as well with Jacob. You know, he's very creative. So the creative kind of therapies are going to try and help Boston. him. Yeah. 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 Granted, he's a bit older now, so he does, he engages with the psychotherapy side of it, doesn't he, more now. But when when we, when we he was accessing those, those therapies, that was very much what he needed so i think it's very much about kind of trusting instinct as well and thinking i wonder if that might help you know rather than i think i think what oh she's on a roll now oh she is she's off i I mean because it is my passion therapy is absolutely my it is my thing um but i I just think as as a podcast right people are going to be listening to this podcast and they're going to i think maybe many people out there are going to think I re- right, I need to find that person for me. Now, we have, between us, we do know lots of people that we can link into and mm-hmm. ask questions and say, right, you know, like our kind of late, the, the latest ones that we're working with, um, I mean, she's dynamic, this particular woman. But, you know, if people are living in different areas and they don't know, then we could maybe ask people to help yeah them. Like, that's a little job for you that's a referral <laughs> yeah, I, can, I can do that i would love to do that you know but i just that's think that's that, that, an email we'll forward it on if it was 15 years ago and i was listening to this now i would be thinking right this is what i need and how do i get it and i wouldn't have a clue yeah. so i just think that can we now can you offer now something to say to people <laughs> if if you're looking for the i'll tell you what i'll tell you what i'll do <laughs> I'll put something on the No Borders website because we have got the resources page. So I'll look at that over the next mm-hmm. coming couple of weeks well, and we'll see what we can put on there in terms of... There's people like Vicky different. McEwen. Yeah, I mean, Vicky exactly. was my therapist and she's fantastic. And she was yeah. my daughter's therapist. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if you can get her, get her. <laughs> she's amazing. <laughs> no, no, I see why she's been so involved in the podcast recently. <laughs> you need to remember as well that not all therapies need to go through local authorities, adoption support, agencies yeah, that's true. Yeah. lots of lots of companies and i mean you know i'm uh, retired from network rail for many years but network rail provide retired. a really large a really large company they provide free uh, therapy counseling for their employees they only have to ring a confidential line to get appointments they're free of charge there's loads of companies across the uk and ireland yeah. like network rail that provide those services for their employees yeah. the problem is the problem is most of the employees don't realize that they will cover non-work events yeah and so right. if you do hit a brick wall with your adoption agency or fostering agency uh, or the adoption support fund then get in 
touch with your employer and find out if they offer these similar schemes. Mm, yeah. um, some of them will open up some really, really good therapists. I mean, I, I met a therapist, um, it's got to be... Uh, <laughs> 20, Many years, 20 ago. years ago now <clears throat> and she's she's a friend of the family because she <laughs> she she worked with me uh, after I was uh, attacked at work, um, but uh, when, when when the when when we adopted the the boys and we were struggling, I would go and sit and talk to her um, to to get to just glean ideas and advice from her, and that was that was you know all part of the the network rail support function that they paid for. Used to so, but I just want to say to everybody wait. out there, <laughs> sorry, because this is my baby i want to say to everybody out there there is hope if you are struggling with your child or your children or your spouse or your spouse adoptive children you know there is people out there mm. there is people to ha there is hope and i want to say to you all there is hope because honestly you know yes your kids need help but you need help as well and you need support and i just you know please ask Alan Scott to point you in the right direction to the people and get it because you're worth it. Yeah. Or you can ring Paula on 07. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's busy during school runs, but after that, she's... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but apart from that... Talk yeah. anybody. Well, you're on she, Twitter. You might hear her in the background, but it'll be fine. I'm on Twitter. I don't look at Twitter. <laughs> you're on Twitter, Paul, at Paula Wildfire. Um, shall we wrap yeah. that up? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, so I think that's... Uh, Paula does make a good point, and I think that's um, definitely a part of the website that we could really develop, yeah. actually, noborderstraining.org, because... Um, we do have a resources section, but we've not really developed that. So I think that, you know, in terms of some of the therapies that are available, we could we could definitely kind of look at that yeah. a bit more. And, and We've got people like David that. Benjamin. And um, I actually yeah. did, a, I did an interview this last week with uh, Lara Leon, who's an adopted adult, and she does existential therapy. And she was just fantastic. She talked about her story yeah. and the difference. So there's, there's lots of good people out there. So if people want to put their names on as well, get in yeah. touch with us and we'll, we'll just write Definitely. And I can put links on it. and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Cool. It's, it's a really worthwhile thing. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, yeah. Tris, thank you as always. The we might be invited next year. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends on if you be the top six. If you get in the top five, you might get back. Okay. I don't know. I'm just saying. I think we've done pretty well, Tris, don't you? Yeah, we just need to tell everybody to like and share, like and share, like and share. <laughs> no, leave a review, leave a review. Yeah, I do. Not like leave a review. <laughs> But, you know, just before we do wrap up, because Al loves control, as you know, so he likes to lead on. So this sort of, is there anything that's happened over the last 12 months, Paula, Tris, that, you know, you want to kind of mention, comment on? You know, how's the last 12 months been for you? Don't worry about the time, because Al worries about time, but people will be listening, so it's all good. Well, Paula. I just think it's very sad that we didn't get to Thailand. <laughs> right. Again, I did. Again. <laughs> I did. I was in Thailand three weeks ago. It was lovely. Very you nice. wouldn't have liked it. You wouldn't have liked it. No, it I wouldn't have liked quiet. no shops. So I wouldn't like no shops. No, no markets, no shops. Yeah, you wouldn't no. have liked it. It will get better. We will be there this next year. I promise. We hope. Excellent. We Fingers hope. crossed. Yeah. Tris, from last year. Um, well, um, I, I, I came out of retirement on the, <laughs> on, the, on the 9th of September 2021. I came out of retirement. Anyway, I think it's time that we ended this podcast now, because yeah, well. I, I think there's a bit of plug-in coming here. <laughs> but he should plug, it's very good, he's done amazing. Um, after, on, after, three years, after, after three years of frustration, because the Republic of Ireland doesn't recognise FASD, I threw my hat into the ring nationally and set up FASD Ireland. Uh, we're three months in. It is going phenomenally well. Um, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Website is up and running. Like and share, like and share. <laughs> Fantastic. Well done, Tris. Well done. And we, we, who knows, we may get, we may, may hear more of you, mightn't we? On the podcast. Well, all I say is that um, you will both be invited to the official opening of the um, offices of FESD Ireland. Ooh. We'll come. Yeah, yeah. Um, in March. Um, so we've just. We, I say we. I say we like it's my thing. I, I guess it kind of is our thing, isn't it? At the minute, but you're kind of doing it. But yeah, so we've got offices. Um, we take them on the end of January. 
and um, we're going to be we're going to be off. It's going to be our offices, but we're also often offering community hub space to um, coffee. Charity. Charities and organisations in the locality. Oh, shush. I'm trying to do a, a, like a, a community thing here. All right. So we're doing community space for organisations, charities in the area who need the space, who don't have premises um, for the evenings and things like that. We've, we've also got, we've got, a, oh, you'll love this. We've got a training room as well. Ooh. And we're going to have, we're going to have a, an AV wall and we're going to have all the technology and stuff like that. So you're going to love it. It will be nice. Um, but yeah, so that's what's, that's what's coming up in the first kind of quarter of next year. So it's very exciting for FESD Ireland. And um, yeah. So, and of course, there's going to be lots of opportunities for no borders in Ireland then, isn't there? Well, it looks like it's going to be a very, very busy year. Um, yeah, nobordertraining.org if you want to know a little more. <laughs> well, on that note of self-publicising yeah. and all of that, um, we're, we've got a fantastic yeah. year lined up. Um, so thank you, Tris, for coming on. Thank you, Paula, for coming on. Thank you both of you. As always, Scott, the pleasure was all yours. And uh, always. Bon Jovi. Anchovy. <laughs> He's got to play the music now. Uh, oh, excuse me. I've been waiting to do that for about 10 minutes. <laughs> you do know I'm still recording. Me, 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 me. Round the rugged rock, the rugged rascal ran. They no, they're not watching, oh, Tris. Oh, I can see, see though. Uh, you yeah. at the back, uh, Cass and Rennie, you at the back. <laughs> I can see. <laughs> I like what's Hello on your wall. Hello and welcome you to. You can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> Sorry, you just. There's an outtake. There is definitely an outtake. Well done, Paula. Congratulations. <laughs> what have I done wrong? He's about to do an introduction, and you want to talk I about can do what? Do a new one, can't you? Yes, he can. Being very he can. dramatic. I know. It's just. Paula, you've got, I guess Paula, you've got, got to your finger over your lips yeah, like this. <laughs> <laughs> and until we give you the talking stick, you're not allowed to say them. <laughs>